When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hate that social media sort of presents as always sunny and always perky. You know, I wish somebody took a picture of me on the floor when I'm laying down. Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, editor-in-chief of InStar Magazine, and each week I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Today, our December cover star, Reese Witherspoon. Actress, producer, and thanks to her incredible company, Hello Sunshine, a voice amplifying creative women everywhere. We caught up just as season two of The Morning Show launched and when Reese needed to lie down. <laughs> Hello, Petal. Jeez, how are you? I've been seeing the twirling on the internet. Oh! <laughs> it's so fun to talk about this show that I love and get to see Jen. Everybody's so excited about season two. I can't wait for you to see it. I'm all equipped. You know, I got a link. Um, and, but then I was in Mexico and it didn't work or something. So I have to get, get it again. And you also probably don't have 10 hours to spare at Fashion Week. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Oddly enough. I imagine if I was just like at a show and I was like, sorry, guys. <laughs> Episode three. <laughs> it's, what's going to happen? Is Jen going to go back? What's going to happen? You know what I really appreciate about you? Many things. But the fact that you did are doing a cover story interview and the podcast. And that's a very generous and not typical. So thanks. Oh, well, I'm here. You know, I'm here for the ladies who are making it in the media space and really representing and celebrating the spectrum of the female experience, which is Laura Brown. That's what you're doing. <laughs> I feel like we should have pulled out like a Pantone chart and gone, the spectrum, <laughs> the spectrum of the female, of the female experience. experience. It's important though. I mean, I, I do feel like, Laura, you work really hard to have really diversify the covers and really work with all kinds of different female artists and people who celebrate the lives of women, which is really important. How has the spectrum of your female experience been in about the past month? Because you obviously sold your company for an, an incredibly impressive deal and all the hullabaloo that goes with that. And then you, you know, go into this promotional part for the show. So do you just at the moment kind of like getting up every morning and going, and then <laughs> going through another day? Or are you able to quantify the significance, particularly, let's say, of the Hello Sunshine deal a few weeks later? If you had asked me 15 years ago if I was going to be a founder of a company that would sell to a private equity company, I would absolutely have said, are you out of your tree? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> um, but something, you know, happens as you get a little bit older, you know, you're, you leave your 30s and you start your 40s and you start to think, what kind of impact do I want to have on the world? And also, what can I use? What are the tools that I've accumulated over the past 30 years of working that I can use to pay it forward, you know, <laughs> and, and open doors for other people. So it's really exciting. It's just the beginning too of Hello Sunshine. That's the best part. We're going to keep telling stories. Yeah. Just an infant, <laughs> a tiny little infant. It's really only four years old. So it's a really exciting to, to get this kind of ability to really grow and collaborate with other people and, be funded in a way that's going to really help us empower more female filmmakers and more authors. What, what sort of feedback did you get? One of the nicest things that one of my friends said to me is like, you know, when somebody does something or gets great news and you just feel mad at them, she said, I can't 
there's just across the board, people are so happy for you and for Hello Sunshine and for everybody inside of Hello Sunshine. You know, Hello Sunshine is 70 people, you know, that work really hard with this mission to put women at the center of media. And I think it signaled hope for people, I think, in a way that systems could change. You know what I was thinking of, and I come back to with you, because I look at your Instagram and, and you're so diligent about, you know, about every part of of your of your life on there. If you're promoting a morning show, if you're doing a book club, if you're doing a lipstick, if you're doing Jeffrey James, if you're and and sometimes I just go, oh my God, you know, I mean it's a lot. It's performance mode oftentimes. Like energy wise, how do you manage that? Well, I think even if it feels like it's every single day, it's definitely not. <laughs> I'm really driven by a couple of things. I'm always audience first. So I'm always thinking, even on social posts or when I pick a book club book, will this make people happy? Will it bring them joy? Or is it educational? Or is it funny? And if it doesn't really hit any of those boxes, I'm not interested in it. But also, everything aligns to a purpose in my life to help people to make their lives better, to be in service of others, even if it's just for making them laugh over a dumb dance that you did on TikTok because you're just like, moms are stressed. Everybody needs to let the steam out. You know, everybody wants to have a minute of reprieve from their daily lives. My life is more, it became more streamlined when I understood what the purpose of my life was. When the purpose of my life lined up with what I did for a living, everything became joyful for me. I mean, look, look not everything. Waking up at 3.30 in the morning is hard. Working till 4.30 in the morning is hard. But I feel this tremendous sense of purpose in my life. And that makes me want to cry. When you say, did you get a call from anybody? I have to tell you, so many people that nobody knows called me that I've loved and have been my friends for hundreds of years. But I have to say, I connected with Laura Dern. And we definitely cried. (laughs) Because I've shared so much with her about my heart about wanting to help people and change our business. And she told me this beautiful story about a dream she had that my grandmother gave me a ring and said, you have to do this. You have to build this company because this is for all the women who came before you. And it was just this kind of beautiful moment. You know, as you know, Duren is very spiritual and she's also just one of the most poetic people. She's the distiller. Yeah. She manages to distill you into such an incredibly evocative, uh, articulate way. And she just goes, ooh, and you feel like you've been gift wrapped. Yeah. And she really deeply sees people. That's exactly what you're right. She distills you down. And she has been such a dear friend. And she's certainly not the only one, but I definitely, we had a big boohoo together and it was really meaningful because we talk a lot about our grandmothers and our mothers or dear friends. And was that when you were trying to call each other on Instagram? Because also <laughs> Dern is really bad at picking up the phone or quite bad on texts. Well, Dern is bad on Instagram and she's bad at picking up the phone. So I just thought I'd just give her a little shade on, on Instagram because it's also funny. <laughs> Do you have anything resembling a typical day or how do you try to manage your time? with a work day? Are there certain routines you implement or how does it work? For sure. I mean, it's it's so important, particularly as we're all going back into these very 
strange workplace environments. You know, some of us are back in the office. Some of us are work from home. There's sometimes it's a hybrid. So it's important to have some structure and to take care of yourself. So for about an hour every morning, I work out or I stretch or I do Pilates. Definitely have to drink my coffee every morning. I try to eat really healthy during the day. You just have to have some structure because if the world doesn't provide structure, you have to do it for yourself. You know, I walk the dog every night. It's the cutest I love that dog. Well, and because of type A, but yeah, how? Do you know, I wish I'd never initially named my company when I was 25 years old, type A, because I figured out I am not type A. (laughs) Everybody thinks I'm super organized, Laura. And I am not. If you saw my drawers, you'd be horrified. I'm like messy Marvin. That's who I am. I'm filled with ideas and I'm always bumbling on to the next thing. But I will, I do have incredible focus. Like if you say to me, you have to read a book before Friday, I can like go, okay, I'm done. It was three hours, done. How do you, if you're not feeling focused or motivated? Because we don't all feel like that every day breaking news. No, by the way. And I, I 100% have those days where I go, I'm just going to lay in bed and watch streaming shows and I just need to listen to like a podcast and eat junk food. I 100% have those days. And I hate that social media sort of presents as always sunny and always perky. And, you know, I wish somebody took a picture of me on the floor <laughs> laying down. I actually think it'd be really funny. Well, do because it. Sometimes I, <laughs> I literally lay on the floor, but everybody try, is like scared that I'm broken. So they don't take any pictures of me when I'm <laughs> They're like, we broke her. She broke. But you, would you want to be good if like every like successful actress who was like our age or whatever, just like did like one day of like a picture with like, I have cramps. <laughs> yeah. Like cramps Wednesday or something. Yeah. Just something that is like, yeah, it's not all like jazz hands, you guys, you know, no, really- I get that. I get that. You know, you and I've talked about this a bit, you know, uh, and now look, obviously in Hollywood, you have great power and, and and great influence. And how do you use that? And is there anyone right now that kind of says no to you? You're a, the biggest deal going there, really, especially for women. Well, that's very nice to say. I'm not sure that's totally true. For the ladies, you are just zip it. Okay. <laughs> I don't have the ability to just say whatever book I want to turn into a movie, I can like a magic wand or something. I don't. No, but like what doors have opened in the past five years, no, four years since Hello Sunshine, and then since in the last month? Well, you know what I will have to say, and my husband really encouraged me to be this person, but I used to feel like there was a barrier or a boundary between myself and the people who ran studios or platforms. And he said, you know, what are you doing? These are relationships that are lifelong. If you are upset about something on your show, or if you feel like you could create opportunities for companies, pick up the phone and call people. So, and I I think that that advice really extends to anyone in any business. We text too much and we email too much and you can't figure out what people are really trying to say. So the personal relationship is still really important, especially if you're upset about something. And I think that's been a really great life lesson to me. Just pick up the phone. And I say it to my kids a lot too, because sometimes she'll say, well, my girlfriend didn't show up and now she's mad at me. And I'm like, are you sure? Or are you assuming that? Pick up the phone. It clarifies things. So we can't lose that, that interpersonal connection. It's really important. So I will say I can get pretty much anybody on the phone. (laughs) That's a power flex. That's a power move, Laura Brown, right there. Can you get 
the Dalai Lama on the phone. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. No. Give me somebody in media. Oh, media? Can you get, can you get, can you get Laura Brown on the phone? Yes. Oh, hold on. (laughs) Now, who can, can you get someone in media? I literally just called you last week to invite one of your friends to a party. And you were like, you were like this, you're like, hey, girl. But no, women are really, really connected like that. Who do you look up to in in the media? Give me the glory. Well, I mean, if I go back in time, I want to say Mary Tyler Moore. I have to say, uh, Lucille Ball. These are women who not only were acting, but running their own companies and their own production companies. Then I go to Jane Fonda. I go to Goldie Hawn, who just understood what the audience wanted to see from her and just made hit after hit after hit movie. And then I go Oprah, of course. I got to say Oprah. Media empire changing the way that communication and journalism was looked at for, I don't know, generations encouraging literacy and reading. Oprah has been incredibly nurturing and helpful for me as I grew Hello Sunshine and my book club. She has been just this person I can turn to and say, am I doing the right thing? And she'll say, focus over here, but don't focus over there. And that's enormous. I can't imagine what she must have sent you on this deal because she's prone to (laughs) large gestures. Can I beg to ask what might have arrived from Winfreyville? Let me see. I've definitely been on the other side of a giant Oprah bouquet, which is, it usually fills an entire room. You cannot believe it. But more, more than anything, the ability to call her and say, I, I, I really need you right now is the best gift you can give any younger person who's trying to stand in the path that you cut. I just want to be able to do that for other young women in our business because it's invaluable to hear from your heroes something women don't talk about that much and I'm not going to go deep into it. What does having money mean to you? Oh, you know, I actually think this is really important. I don't think we talk enough about money. I think women do not discuss it enough. They don't share enough. They don't help each other enough because they are scared of discussing it. I definitely fell in this category. I don't know a woman who hasn't had a devastating financial story in her life, whether it's in her personal life, her mother's life, or her grandmother's life. Honestly, I, I can't, if I start to talk about money with anyone, they say, well, my, you know, my dad or my grandma or my mom. So in order to heal those kinds of financial wounds and, and repair and set ourselves on a better track, I think we have to start talking about salary. We have to start talking about investing. We have to start talking about just how do you balance your checking every single month? I think there's not enough financial education for women beyond whatever tiny course you took in high school. What did money mean to you coming up and what does it mean to you now? I'm not money driven, but I do Mm -hmm. see it as a piece of value in a marketplace. So if I think about what women earn and sometimes their salaries get sort of amplified in media because it seems so enormous. But if you, you measure it against a man's salary in the same profession, it's usually pretty uneven, certainly in Hollywood. I mean, the amount of money that I make on movies is not the same amount that men make on movies still to this day. Why? And, and, and look, it's not boo-hoo. Sorry, we're all, we're all doing very well. But I think it, if you just look at that as a metric by which you measure every single industry, male to female, and I think... The more women understand their industries and how their industry makes money, the more you can get inside and determine how it's going to make money. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a, there's a term that I learned in your biz. It's full freight. 
Full freight, yeah. Full freight. Yeah. So girls, ladies, women, girls all around there, you've got to get full <laughs> freight. Your money comes in a shipping container and lands at your door. But no, t- okay. Let's get into Legally Blonde 3 here. When is it starting to shoot? In a minute? It is. We do not have a script. Oh, you don't? People keep asking me. I thought it was soon. Oh, okay. So what's next? What's next? Oh, next I'm doing a movie called Your Place or Mine with Ashton Kutcher. We're, and we're shooting for Netflix. And I'm so excited. I've never worked with him before. And he is so funny and amazing. And, and of course, I've known Amila for forever. And she's my girlfriend. And so we have the best time. So you guys will just like do a scene and then just do some investing? And then just like do another <laughs> scene? And you'll be like, there's a startup. They're just so smart. Mila called me about something the other day. I mean, that she understands money. She understands how she wants to invest and also the importance of other women investing. So it's, it's great to have that kind of friendship. What's this? So this is going to be like a, a rom-com, like a good freaking like fill yeah. the soul rom-com. We need this. Great dialogue, awesome costumes, funny. And it's going to be New York and LA. It's going to be great. We've been starved for this. Trust me, it was in the middle of lockdown. I called my team and I said, guys, we got to make some funny shows. We got to come up with some funny comedies. And this script came my way. And it's Aline Brosh McKenna who wrote Devil Wears Prada. And she's directing it. And it is just like that great dialogue, you know? She also did Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which just cracks me up. So when does that start? Soon? That starts in two weeks. And are you going to look fun and flirty? fun and flirty and sort of 70s vibes it's very cute you're gonna be shooting that with a spoon dna right into it right that serotonin right where we need it <laughs> i hope so in terms of your ability as an actor actress i don't know which one you prefer but one of those have your your skills grown or changed oh that's interesting i i you know i used to beat myself up a lot about performing and I would get really tense and I'd have panic attacks, really bad panic attacks in my thirties. And then I just started to get a little bit older and realize, okay, no, I have, I have a certain amount of skills that have existed for a certain amount of time and that, you know, I can handle this. I can handle the pressure of it. And I'm always going to, I'm always going to perform it because I, that's what I do. But instead of beating myself up and pressuring myself, I let it go. What made you let it go? It was just unsustainable, the amount of pressure I was putting on myself. So right. I was yeah. either going to, you know, have a heart attack or I was going to have to just figure it out for myself. So I got a lot of therapy. Right. How, yeah. I think, how important, how helpful is it to you? Because I think people always talk about therapy as an idea, but like how, when did you, have you done that for a long time, sort of consistently, consistent people, or how do you use it? No, I did therapy for a long time, for six, seven years with the same person. Um, now I, I do it whenever I feel, but it's not as every day as it was. But for a certain time in my life, I was really, I was struggling. I, w- I had two young kids and I was a single mom and it was, and I was trying to work on top of it. And it's just a lot, you know, so it meant a lot to me to have someone to talk to and just sometimes just somebody to cry with. It was like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to lose it. Hey, 
Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. I'm speaking with the mighty and magic Reese Witherspoon. What are you most confident in and what are you least confident in? I'm probably most confident in storytelling. I think I know what makes a good movie or TV show. I know what makes a good performance. I think I have a good sense about that and how to always think about the audience first, which is a big thing for me. And then what am I not good at? Sports. (laughs) Any kind of sports. (laughs) What do you mean? I saw your high jump at the Olympics. My nine-year-old tried to play like pickleball or tennis with me the other day in the driveway. And he's like, um, mom, never mind. Just just stop and go sit down. <laughs> I'm so bad. Really? Are you what we call it in Australia unco? Like uncoordinated? I'm coordinated. I'm just not. I don't know. I just I can't play sports very well. That's all. I mean, anything that involves like a racket and a ball or a basket and a ball. It's like, oh, or a baseball. Forget it. I'm useless. What are you, and I always ask you this, but I, I always like to ask it again, because given you've had this momentous development, what are you ambitious for? I think for women to own more things, to have more ownership of their work, whether that's art or their ability to sell a product or run a company, women to have more ownership. Because you start to look around and realize women don't own a lot of things. And in order to own things, you have to have support and financing and it's like a whole system, right? So I'm really in support of anything that helps women own more. What was the first thing you bought that you really owned? Like it was a house, I assume, or a house. where was it? What was it like? I bought a house in LA and I remember feeling like I had really made it because I had air conditioning, a dishwasher and a tub. <laughs> Because in my apartment, I didn't have a tub, a dishwasher, or air conditioning. It was a big, big, big moment for me. And I always I always think I'm so excited for young people when they have that first big step up in their life or their career. Because nothing can ever take away the hard work that got you to that moment. What's your favorite thing or what, what do you, uh, you love most about your house now? And what do you really focus on in your own home environment in, in LA and in Nashville? Cause I know you've been spending more time there. Yeah. I mean, I have portraits of my kids that I think are so meaningful to me. I love pictures. I love I'm that girl who took all the pictures in high school. I was like, get together. We're going to need to remember this moment. And I am still that girl. I'll be that girl on set of Big Little Lies and going, get together, ladies. We will never have this moment again. I'm the picture girl. I do it with Jen, too, on Morning Show and all the cast. And I do it on, I did it on Little Fires with Gary Washington. And I'm just the, the yearbook girl. What do they say about you in your yearbook? Does it, was there a most likely situation? No. I wasn't voted most likely for anything. It was 
literally, I just went there. That was actually the caption. Reese just went here because they knew they knew that you didn't need a caption because they knew that you would write your own story. <laughs> I loved high school. I thought it was sad. well. The first freshman and sophomore year was tough, but after that, I was like, "This is great. I got this." I was just a big old nerd. But were you like thought you were a nerd, but you actually weren't a nerd and you were popular? Is that one of those stories? No, I mean, I was like a secret literature nerd. So I would read all the books that my teachers would like give me extra credit to read extra books. I'd read all those books and then write papers about them. And I was a literature nerd. I loved writing and reading and all of that. I wasn't into theater. I didn't do, <laughs> literally, I didn't do a lot in high school, but I just would read books, a lot of books. Gee, consistency is key. Hang on, do you have any idea? Could you even guess how many books you've read in your life? I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, oh gosh, that's a lot. Even in a year, probably in a year, I read about 25, 30 books. Oh, you're so annoying. I, I read Tirana's the other is day. Is that and annoying? I was like, I'm a champion. No, because I read one the other day and I was so proud. And it's always like, well, Reese was read it within three hours. <laughs> you know what? Well, Good for that's you. what I do. I don't have any other hobbies. You have not, nothing else. You have nothing else. It's so, this is a sad. I don't have other hobbies other than eating cookies and drinking wine. That's not really a hobby, Laura. That's that's the title of your memoir, sister. And as we know now, I can't play basketball. I'm not that good at tennis. What else am I going to (laughs) do? Anyway, speaking of wine, we do this thing called 10 first. Okay, you ready? First drink order. My first drink at a table? Yeah, like what your, your go-to beverage. Or my first drink I've ever had in my whole life. You could actually answer both. Okay, I'll take both from you, thank you. Okay, when I was 21 years old, when I turned 21 years old, I had a party at this bar and I drank Midori Sours. Oh. And I drank so many of them, Laura. The green <laughs> ones. Turned, turned green. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I threw up. <laughs> like like an alien yeah totally i have not had a midori sour since i was 21 years old okay let good drink though First a good drink, drink. Like your go-to now yeah okay this is a good one tequila reposada tequila a little soda and some orange slices <gasps> citrusy good okay first thing you do when you wake up in the morning well, I'm usually in a panic to get my kid dressed and ready for school. Mm. He doesn't like to get dressed. So I'm like, get dressed. What time in the morning? What time do you get up? 6.45. Precisely? Pretty much 6.45, yeah. 7 o'clock on the weekends. Mm, you're racy. Usually on the weekends, we're prepping for a, a soccer game or something. or tr- running around trying to find kids' sports equipment. Or Jim's doing some sort of triathlon or something alone. Yeah, he's really into riding road races now, bicycle road races. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like, God bless. I'm like, the finish line, woo! Okay, tell him he's a freaking athletic stud. He is, I know. <laughs> tell him he's a golden god. Okay. Um, first person you call? In the morning, my mom. And what do you talk about? Well, first we text each other and then I ask her what she's doing but even though I already know what she's doing, I know what she does every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> she has a routine. She does her art classes or she's getting her hair done. So I check in with my mom and just tell her I love her. It's important. Okay. First joke you remember. Oh my God. It was dirty. I got in trouble when I was in kindergarten because these teenage boys taught me a dirty joke on a bus. Go on. 
<laughs> and I went and told the school principal because I thought it was so funny. And I got in trouble. I'm ready. What starts with F and ends in UCK? What? Fire truck. <laughs> <laughs> you got in trouble for a fire truck? Excuse me, you just said fire truck. I don't know what anybody could have inferred from that. I know. Oh, you're such a young innocent. And well, hang on, what was the last thing that really made you laugh? Oh my gosh. So many things make me laugh. David Sedaris books make me laugh. Podcasts make me laugh. I thought only murders in the building. I've laughed. <laughs> that white lotus I thought was really funny. I laughed a lot. And I, oh, you know what is so good? That show with Sandra O, oh, the chair, the chair. On Netflix. Yeah. Oh, one thing you need to do. This is important because you have a very powerful production company. And I was just doing a podcast with Sarah Paulson this morning, and I was saying how amazing Holland was in the chair. And Holland Taylor needs to star in a rom com. Reese Witherspoon. Oh, she's so funny. She oh, needs I would to love star that. in her. In a, so I don't know. Just can you just do that with the phone calls? Thanks. <laughs> I will That's how work you do on it. it. Thank you I very love much. Holland. And can I say something about Paulson? You sure can. Paulson is so good in impeachment. I know. I watched it last night and I was like, Sarah is just one of the most incredibly facile actors of our generation. Her and Kidman too, she just disappears. I'm like, where did Nick go? Suddenly there's another person there. She's amazing. This is why I love. I, I, I say this about you too. Is is great actors who don't wear it heavily. Sarah does it, and you don't either. And everybody's got their different thing, but you it, you doesn't weigh you down. Actually, quickly tell me, like, if you're doing a you know, and you have done some extremely dramatic performances, but have you gotten better at putting it in a box when you when you leave a upsetting thing I get better about knowing how long it takes me to shake things off so my whole family knows I'll prepare people I'll go okay next week's going to be rough there's gonna be a lot of crying I'm worried about my brother in morning show my brother has addiction issues I'm running around trying to find him and that's I just warn everyone <laughs> so it kind of gives me a chance to have space to just go there and then calm down afterwards but no you kind of carry it for a couple of days for me it's a couple of days or you just scream at them, leave me. I am known to say, I need to lay flat for a minute. That's very Southern. I need to lay flat for a minute. And also, I, I need to calm my nervous system. My nerves are shot. This is very Southern. My nerves are frayed to the end. And I just need to lay down flat for a minute. As a community <laughs> service, yeah. please just Instagram a video of you lying on the ground, which you threatened to do before. And say, <laughs> okay. I just need to laugh flat for a minute, please. Yeah. I mean, there's great, great work can be done if you just close your eyes and lay flat for a minute on the couch. Don't just specify a couch. There's so many places, parking lot. Okay. You're so, you're so right. I know. First and most recent fashion splurges. Let me see. Fashion splurges. I bought myself some Chanel sandals the other day and I was very, very proud of myself. They're really cute. Color? They're black with the gold chains. They're really cute. There was a couple of things on the InStyle shoot that I was like, I need that. This is really cute. There was a beautiful Dolce & Gabbana bustier that I was like, ooh, I don't know where I'd rock that, but that was really cute. That might be the cover, maybe, because I, I saw oh. that, that shot of you in that, and it's a vibe, as the kids would say. Hang on, what was the first fashion thing you bought that you made you think you were like, oh, I'm cute, I'm cute? Oh, Lord. I was obsessed with Betsy Johnson in the 90s. 
And I would go into Betsy Johnson and I would just spend hours looking at her fabrics and the colors. And I was obsessed with Betsy Johnson. And then her perfume, I was like, oh, this is smells like angels. It just smells like angels. <laughs> and I would just spray it all over myself. And I love. I've got another idea for you because you don't have enough ideas and you don't do anything all day. So <laughs> Draper James, Betsy Johnson collaboration. Come on. I mean, I just want to do a whole documentary about Betsy Johnson and her vibe and the way she sees the world. The, the older I get, I just think, make a mark, say something, be something specific, laugh out loud, show your joy to the world, wear a crazy costume, buy the Chanel shoes, you know, and wear them. Yeah. Do a cartwheel. You get one life. Be kooky. <laughs> Be a little kooky. Just freaking get that freak flag. I don't need a flag. Freak skirt. Okay, this is a good one. First time you owned your shit. You mean that I felt proud of myself or I took responsibility for something that I did? I know. Some people see it different ways, but I normally mean proud of yourself, like sort of a seminal, like first time you kind of. I'd have to say after Big Little Lies. Well, Wild was a big deal. That was the first movie I really produced and starred in, and I felt really enormously proud of how that came together and how it was received. And the next thing was Big Little Lies. I mean, getting that group of women together with Nicole and and just having it turn out so beautifully and resonate so deeply with audiences was a huge moment that I was like, if this is all I ever do, I'm happy. I'm really happy. And then you took lots of pictures. <laughs> I took lots of Guys, get together. <laughs> first thing you do oh I think I already know the answer to this first thing you eat or do if you're stressed out it's got to be candy candy popcorn chips I love potato chips and I mean I'm not even discriminating on candy I'll literally eat any kind of candy oh you know what my go-to this summer was and it wasn't even about stress soft serve every day soft serve ice cream I've determined like if I can really figure it out I kind of want to have a bookstore one day with soft serve in it. You could do that. Do you see where I'm going? Dream big. Dream big, sister. I think you can do this. I see this I for you. I think it would be really fun because books make me happy and so does soft serve. And dogs have to be allowed. That's implied. But, you know, this is going to be good. Okay. She look at, talk about ambition, kids. Okay. First thing you turn on TV. Well, when I'm with my son, we're always watching something like Nat Geo. That's Gordon Ramsay's show is unbelievable on Nat Geo. And he travels around the world and makes all these kind of cool foods and he eats old fish. And <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> it's like, I love it. Survivor. I love Amazing Race. I love Bear Grylls. I love all that stuff. That's my favorite, like kind of unscripted stuff. I also like, like, you know, making the cut and Project Runway and stuff like that. I love those kinds of shows. And then just, I'll always watch, I mean, I, this is so on brand, but I'll watch anything that's a television show with a woman I love at the center of it. Where it's Mare of Easttown mm -hmm. and it's Kate Winslet or it's Sandra Oh and it's The Chair. I am here for this. <laughs> I am here for this moment yeah, in time because as, where every month there's a great show with a great woman at the center of it. There's a great lady. And I was talking to Paulson about this earlier because she was saying she's having to get over that feeling of being like 40, mid 40s. And if I'm not working all the time, I'm not there anymore. You know what I mean? But it's like, but you have your equity, don't you? And that doesn't go away. And then there are all these women who are there more than, than they used to be. 
right? It's not so much like needle in a haystack anymore. Yeah, I think there's more opportunities than there used to be for women who are 40, 45, 50, 55, 60. It used to be that there was this conversation around women not working past 40. It's just not true anymore, which is amazing. And you know what's funny? A whole large amount of that is due to you. Oh, that's so, very sweet. Look at you, R. Dobbs. Hey, look, you're brilliant. You're a badass. You're kind. You wear it lightly. You earned it. You are a bellwether, hopefully, for many more to come after you. And you're generous in spirit for those who want to. So, and oh, I didn't ever even said, so welcome to Ladies First. I reach with a spoon. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Laura. Oh, anyway, you're the best. The hostess with the mostest. I was so glad to finally do this with you. You know I love you. You're always here for a good laugh and a good drink and a good share and a good cry. I love it. Thanks for joining me and Reese Witherspoon. Come back next week and hear my conversation with the force of nature, who is Judith Light. This has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us so you don't miss an episode. And we love your feedback. If you could please rate us and leave us a review and make me feel loved, that'd be great. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Sam Walker, Danielle Roth, Anne Kane, and Andy Bosnack. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Haley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at LauraBrand99.